Listen, listen, lend me your ear as I tell you of a fort so dear. It may just strike your heart with fear of ghosts that do appear and haunt all that come near. Yes, there are spooks that are top tier. Voices, footsteps, and spiritual spheres with tragic tales that may warrant tears. But those skeptics may laugh and jeer. Who cares when one thing is clear? Grab your friends and give a cheer, for Fort Knox is the most haunted place to go this year. I'm feeling it. Let's do it. Moose crossings, red hot dogs, missing persons in salty bugs. Up to camp with Stephen King. River curses, Wesley sings. Homegrown horror. Welcome, listeners, to the remote homegrown horror. That's gonna be totally out of sync, but that's okay. Um, yep. Welcome to the main spooky podcast about main spooky things. I am Jackson, a co-host. I am be a co-host and it is snowing. It is snowing and just with scheduling and being places where we need to be at an appropriate time and also not wanting to get stuck in B's driveway because their plow person is a bad man. Uh <laughs> Who We're does not doing, show up? Who never at shows all. up? <laughs> I went into your driveway yesterday, and it was like still like five inches, just chilling, like oh. nothing was moved. <laughs> yeah, and it had snowed like because yesterday was Monday, and it had snowed on what Saturday? Yeah, and it was just it still was there as if like nothing had happened. It was pretty impressive. Um, it's stellar. It's amazing. And then also with scheduling. I got COVID. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, on top of been... everything else, like we had to delay our recording schedule. So we're uh, we're recording this the day before, uh, two days before it's going to get posted. So there's some luxury there. Oh fuck! I also have to post the bonus episode right after this, but it's already um, edited and ready to roll. So that it is locked and loaded. Cool quick little snip of the anchor yep uh, this week has so much tent for y'all holy shit yeah it's a tent heavy week y'all uh but yeah b i'm i'm excited about this you said you got like a haunting going on or some cool shit like that i do i have a haunting and it's so i feel like i always have a description of sort of how i got here how did we get here how did we get here I was perusing my physical copy of Strange Maine. Some people may have seen the blog. I have the physical book. It's very fun. And I was just looking through some stuff. And unfortunately, the thing that's been happening is I'm like, oh, this will be a great thing to do. And then I'll start looking at it. And then I'm like, oh, this is going to take me forever. <laughs> like, I love meaty episodes. I don't love every week being a meaty episode. <laughs> I hear you there. You know, sometimes you just get the fatigue and uh, just some weeks you just decide I'm going to do an episode about cryptids. <laughs> yeah, especially since I was literally just out last week because you didn't need to subject yourself to research intensive work when you're pretty much asleep most of the day. <laughs> I was asleep most of the day. Yeah. So I found a haunting and this one is actually nice. This one is a little bit meatier in the sense where we have some more 
documentation than some of our other ones. Like the infamous haunting that I think I did was the Roby Andrews haunting. Mm-hmm. No information whatsoever. No historical like backing. The the no historical backing. You're right there. And it really just was like uh just student rumors, you know, something that you would find at any kind of like high school or college, like, oh, a kid killed themselves in this room and their ghost haunts the halls. She was uh, up on the belfry and she was pregnant and her boyfriend didn't want it, so she jumped. Like lots of that unsubs- unsubstantiated rumors right unless you know over at uh usm has some really amazing like pr uh like ass covering or something yeah they just completely like pretended this girl didn't exist like they destroyed her birth certificate didn't exist they ain't investing in anything else besides like covering their ass so what else (laughs) so today i've got more like it's very also funny this like this season is my season of old timey Lots of history, very educational. Just call me Miss Brittany. <laughs> I am your teacher. <laughs> Bruh, I fucking love the historical stuff. I love our old timey chats. Let's get into it. So, Jackson, did you know that Maine is home to one of the top 10 haunted forts in America? I do because you told me yesterday. I told you yesterday. But I will pretend <laughs> that I don't. <laughs> so, I am yes. not aware of this fact, really. Yes, we are, we are home to one of the most haunted forts in america it has been featured on the most terrifying places in america ghost hunters and destination haunt we are talking about fort knox not the one with the gold which is upsetting (laughs) i did ask you i was like is this the one with all the nazi gold no there's no gold none whatsoever (laughs) but the treasure was the ghosts we met along the way Correct. It is a treasure trove, my friend. It has garnered quite the reputation for itself over the decades. It sits on the mouth of the Penobscot in Prospect, Maine, which is also near Bucksport. It was built in 1844 after the area had seen immense bloodshed in the Revolutionary War in the War of 1812. Mm -hmm. Not sure if you're aware of how much action, also in the Civil War, Maine had. Like over the pants kind of stuff? <laughs> yes, that. <laughs> but during these two wars, or dur- specifically during the Revolutionary War in 1779, the Penobscot Expedition occurred on the Penobscot River during British occupation of what would be Maine's coastline. And it ended in the worst naval defeat for the United States prior to Pearl Harbor. Oh, dude, you always love to hear about the defeats in history because you never hear about them because we're too rah, rah, rah in our history. Yeah, we're like, yeah, we did it. Yep. So uh, will we talk about Vietnam this year? Nope, we never will. (laughs) Never, never. The British destroyed 43 ships and there was approximately 500 casualties. Damn. Which I think for the Penobscot River, that's a lot of dead bodies. That's a lot of fucking people. That's like half the population, I feel like. (laughs) Floating in the floating in the water. Just in the immediate vicinity, that's a good chunk. Jeez. Mm -hmm. So terrible loss. And it ended this battle ended, or this expedition ended with the British retaining control of Maine 
for four more years until the end of the war. (laughs) So people here did not like the British. Yeah. There was a lot of anti-British sentiment. So in 1814... I keep that anti-British sentiment alive. Couldn't give a shit about the royal family. Who cares about that monarchy? Keep your tea, you little snobs. It's not a biscuit, it's a cookie. <laughs> yeah. There was a So there was a lot of anti-British sentiment, and there was also a lot of accusations aimed at Massachusetts <laughs> for the fact that they did not do their job in protecting well, they Maine, <laughs> which was part of the Massachusetts colony during both the Revolution and the War of 1812. They were like, you suck. We want to be a state. So between so they started petitioning in 1814 for Maine statehood, which would eventually be granted in 1820. Two decades after that, there were fears surrounding the vulnerability of the area once more during the Aroostook War of 1838 and 1839. This conflict conflict centered on the international boundary of Maine's coastline and the British colony of New Brunswick. Oh, no. (laughs) And you know how these people hate the British, so they were like, fuck it. What are we going to do? We're going to build a fort. We're going to build a fort. fort. We're going to be keeping an eye on you. That's pretty. (laughs) Yep. They're like, we're going to get ready just in case this turns into an all out altercation. You ain't coming for Maine again. (laughs) Never again. So this is Fort Knox. That's what they built. It was named after Major General Henry Knox, who was America's first Secretary of War, who actually retired to Thomaston, which is nearby. Yeah. It was an ambitious and expensive project with construction spanning from 1844 to 1869. Even though it cost the United States government millions of dollars, the fort was never actually completed. Wow, millions in an unfinished project. Sounds like defense spending, all right. And it never saw any action. Oh, man. It is it is dry as hell. This it is, is dry a lonely as, prom night. It is so lonely. It was garrisoned in 1863 during the Civil War, mm-hmm. but this is not where we had... This is not... Yeah, this isn't very close. It's no. kind of like... Why'd you put me up here? <laughs> like, what What am I guarding at this yeah, point? Yeah, I'm not sure. Like, we do have... We still want to keep an eye on those British. <laughs> right. Maine did have a lot of... Um, They were involved in the Civil War very heavily. Not sure if you're familiar with Cham- Joshua Chamberlain from oh. Brunswick. Oh, who isn't? Who isn't? You know? Uh... Fun fact, Maine State actually wrote a musical about him oh seriously i would <laughs> sure love to, i would love to see that shit because i bet it's a banger i'd love uh, for them to bring it back because it was before my time there so i didn't actually get to see it but i really do think more people need to understand just like the history of joshua chamberlain because if it wasn't for him and his regiment's actions at the battle of gettysburg the union could have very likely lost the civil war you like, bet history would have been totally different at this point point. and that's also 
why so the main state ballad which i think i've mentioned before mm-hmm. is the 20th of maine by yeah. ghost of paul revere which is about the boys of maine fighting the in the civil maine. war yeah and it's peak but fort knox didn't get any of that nothing whatsoever in the years since the construction was ceased it was used as a torpedo storehouse and eventually was purchased from the U.S. government by the state of Maine in 1943. Mm. According to the Portland Press-Herald, there was one man who apparently died on site. Quote, on September 26, 1844, the year the construction of the fort began, a workman took a break with a cigar while sitting on a keg of powder. (laughs) (laughs) oh i love this setup i wonder what's going to happen next (laughs) the prospect historical society reported from an article that appeared in the portland weekly advertiser on october 1st 1844 in a sort of daring bravado the society reported he declared that there was no danger and applied the end of his cigar to a few grains of the loose powder the barrel ignited and he in an instant he was blown a great distance and instantly killed. Oh, fuck. Not almost instantly. He was instantly. <laughs> he was absolutely destroyed. Yes. That's that's like, that is some old timey gimmicks right there. That's like some Wiley e. Coyote shit. Uh, I love the scene from uh, Red Dead Redemption 2 um, where John and um, Arthur are like, just did some kind of heist type thing, but they have a wagon full of dynamite that they've secured yeah and they just start casually yeah. lighting their cigarettes in front of the in front of the dynamite and then just slowly turn and then they're like maybe not and throw their cigarettes away i and it's not even this guy was he like he was like this isn't dangerous i just like that guy just it was ignorant i think it's he like sticking your hand in a blender you really just didn't understand like what gunpowder does i guess <laughs> like poor guy maybe uh, i don't want him working on my construction site at least not in a you know some kind of military operation <laughs> which i think again at this point there would be workers comp so well <laughs> he definitely did. i mean maybe his family got something <laughs> Actually, at that point, it might actually, they might find fault with him so they could take it to court at that you point. Know, but- you know what, B, I'm really happy that you've got this insurance background that you bring in that is so helpful for our stories. It's you just- paint a colorful picture times. <laughs> <laughs> now, you may ask, B, if only one man died at Fort Knox, how did this place get so damn haunted? That was what I was about to ask. Thank you. Well, I'm going to tell you, we have no fucking clue. <laughs> All right. And this is where we I'm going to start the conversation. Keep in mind as I go through some of these happenings, I want to talk ghost rules with oh, you. Oh, shit. I love ghost rules. We're Here talking we ghost rules. Hell yeah. What we do know is there is a startling amount of sightings and paranormal happenings reported by volunteers, visitors, and ghost hunters alike that have earned Fort Knox its spooky reputation. General experiences include 
visible orbs and photographs, hearing voices and footsteps, and the sound of doors slamming shut. And this this one is interesting because there's the sound of doors slamming shut, but most of the doors are either locked or barred or chained shut. Oh, interesting. Like, do when they walk back through to find the source, do they find, like, previously locked doors unlocked or something? Nope, they're still there. They're wow. just where they were. Wow, what the hell? <laughs> that would freak me out. I'd be like, motherfucker, what's wow. happening? <laughs> Amanda Curry is the assistant director for the Friends of Fort Knox, and I watched the episode of Most Terrifying Places in America, and then also a short documentary called Haunted Maine, Fort Knox Ghosts, and she is in both of them, and she describes... When she was first starting to work there as a tour guide, she was alone in the alleys of the fort after hours, and she was called out to by a man. There's no one else around. And it was very, it was very distinct. And she said it sounded like someone was shouting attention at her. And I believe she said it happened more than once. She looks around. There's nothing. She's like, okay, I'm just gonna keep going. Get out of here. And as she was continuing down the alley, and also the other thing to note is this particular alley, like you can see from end to end and you can see if there's someone else there. Like it's a very clear shot. Just nothing. Nothing. But you she know, feels she feels hmm. someone tap on her shoulder twice. Oh, that's terrifying. Oh like, har- like, like a hard tap. Hard tap. And she turns around. She's still alone. <gasps> oh. So if you got touched, you'd be upset, right? <laughs> yeah. I, would, I mean, I just in general, like by a physical person, I think I'd be more upset if someone like real touched me than a ghost touched me. Because really? I'd be kind of like, well, I'd be kind of like, cool, a ghost touched me. But if like just a regular fucking asshole just starts touching, I I hate the one of my biggest pet peeves in life is when like you get a machissimo kind of guy, CEO type in a boardroom that just like comes up to you and starts like, ah, starts like uh, getting overly aggressive. Like he's about to wrestle you or something. And he does like a big, hard, like shoulder pat or like pat back on you. It's like, I just want to fucking punch those guys. Does this happen to you a lot? Yes. Because people know, I think some people do it in a malicious intent. Uh, There was definitely a guy that used to do that. Um, I will not name him. Because no, he might, don't. He might be powerful <laughs> or something. I don't know. But he would like every time see me do this big bat uh, back pat. And I was just like seething every time. I'm just like, I want to fucking kill you. <laughs> I don't think Eddie. No, no, I don't like no, it. No, no. Um, I think it's a more of like a guy thing. I quit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, couldn't really. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I'm not into that. No. Two other witnesses talked about their experiences on most terrifying places in America, and their stories are also pretty detailed. Amy Burgoyne was visiting the fort when she stopped in one of the officer's quarters. And when she was, she she found a bench and she just sat down. You know, you get tired going through this. Like, this is a big place. So Mm -hmm. she's like, I'm tired. I'm just going to sit for a minute. And she was approached by a figure. And it was a injured soldier. He had his head wrap. He had a head wrap. And he came up and got in her face. 
Oh, geez. trying to intimidate her. And she said that he raised his hands to her face menacingly and then vanished. And she said that she got the distinct feeling that he did not want her there. And that's what he was trying to get across. So she was, was rightfully the, stood up and left. Was this the exploded man? Nope. He was a soldier. Okay. So Sorry. She, she specifically said he was like a Civil War era soldier. So interesting. So interesting. There's no record of other people dying other than the barrel man. So hmm, interesting. Maybe someone did actually die there. Maybe, uh, you know, oh, pins. Pin She's doing a pin. <laughs> Making pin mo- pinning motions. Rella Armstrong was a volunteer at an event for, I believe it was the Friends of Fort Knox when she was going down the stairs she almost fell but before falling she saw a vision of herself dead at the bottom of the stairs Uh. and as she attempted to steady herself she was pushed into the wall like she said it was painful she was pushed and held there for a few moments before she was let go interesting interesting so allegra watched this with me and she you know the most terrifying said that these were two malicious uh paranormal happenings and allegra said i don't know if the second one was malicious because if she saw a vision of herself dead at the stair at the bottom of the stairs and she was gonna die if she took that fall then wouldn't being pushed and like held there be saving her Mm, okay yeah i don't know is that malicious i'm with a leggy on this one i think it's very hard as a ghost to maybe uh meter your strength you know yeah i don't know know how strong i am yeah exactly mm. that's like i'm a ghost i'm supernatural i might be too strong i might be not strong enough so i'm gonna overcompensate to try to save this lady with my ghost powers who knows i like that theory yeah so i'm (laughs) i'm down for it The Bangor Daily News outlined Ghost Hunter's findings in 2011. The Ghost Hunter, quote, the Ghost Hunters didn't see any ghostly figures in any of the areas they investigated, but they did pick up some unexplained readings on their instruments. In Long Alley, where there have been reports of ghost sightings, there was a strange anomaly on their thermal imaging camera that they could not explain. And something broke through the laser grid that they had set up. They also heard some crazy breathing near the cannon mounts. The crew also heard loud footsteps and there was no one there. Mm. Okay. Okay. We're both big fans of ghost files and we've seen some of the fun technology ghost hunters use. We love that shit. Yeah. I love that shit. I eat it up. So I, you know, I've seen the thermal imaging cameras and I've seen I've seen them use the grid, which the grid freaks me out. The grid, the grid. I got some problems with the grid. I think it's kind of bullshit. It reminds me of uh, paranormal activity, the marked ones, because I think they do that. Mm. Yeah, it's got like it just latches onto shadows and shading in a weird way. I've seen that it's just like, I'm not with Ryan Bergaro and he's like, oh, this is clearly like a person. I'm just like, this is a fucking weird Although, discoloration that you're looking at. I do like the new one where 
it picks up on like it like outlines them as a stick person. I like that too. I, I, I do think it's it. funny because you get some wacky <laughs> images of like, oh look, he's doing a dance. <laughs> funny. I think if you're gonna say you believe in ghost some of the ghost hunting equipment, some of them are a little bit more convincing than others, in my opinion. I'm a big but... fan of like the EVPs and like the audio recording. Yeah. Like I feel like if anything's going to be convincing of the spectrum of bullshit that they wheel out, uh, I feel like it would be the audio recordings, you know? There is one episode where they are in one of the prisons and they go into Al Capone's cell. Yeah, no, that was a and fucking cool episode. That was a cool episode because it said their name Shane and Ryan. And then he also said, look at these two. <laughs> look at these two. He did it in like a New York-y yeah, it was or Chicago really, type accent. I was, it was good. That one for me is like the one. Okay. So I know that you're taking the ghost hunter stuff with a grain of salt. I am, you know, and I've kind of been upfront about that. I don't really believe in any of this stuff. And my feeling is, is like a ghost has to, you know, come, come get in me. For me <laughs> in to start believing. They, I want them to get in me. I want them to jump into my mouth. I want it to be like the possession in Casper where like um, Fatso jumps up into the air and gets in my mouth. And then he's just like dancing around. Oh my God. Just like some kind of meat puppet. <laughs> Many of the sightings in the fort are actually believed to be the caretaker that lived at Fort Knox between, um, I put 1889 to 1900. I think it may have been a little before that, but so he lived there for a short time. His name was Leopold Higgy. He was a Hungarian immigrant that enlisted in the U.S. Army before transferring to Fort Knox as its lone caretaker. Mm-hmm. Miss me with that shit. I'm not. Mm-hmm. I'm not living there by myself. <laughs> Hell, the fuck no, man. No. I, I mean, well, what's the stipend? You know, like we'll see. Maybe it's great, but might be pretty cool. Like if it's uh, if it's lovable, I mean, why the fuck not? Or it's like. You know. But no, like I've seen people go through. I did watch a YouTube video of a couple just going through and like it's it's cool. Like it's very similar to like battery steel, but like you can go underground. It's like more underground than battery steel. Like battery steel yeah. kind of has like weird layerings to like. Yes. It's kind of built into the hillside a little bit. So it's not really this is, underground. So this is sort of this is a little similar. OK, we could go. Uh, my plan is to maybe go. um maybe around yours and Allegra's birthday because they open May 1st. I think it's worthwhile. So. You know? I mean, I think it'd be a lot of fun to check it out. Yeah, absolutely. So finally bring the old, fucking camera out or something. <laughs> good old Leopold did his job well. And there was one day where a local fisherman noticed that there was no flag flying over the fort. Like it was supposed to be. He believed something was wrong. He went to Leopold's residence and found him ill. Reed dying. Oh, okay. And I am like 95% sure he did not die here that they moved him to another location. Okay, so you're seeing some discrepancies in the records. A little bit. Okay. Because most yeah. people said he didn't die there, but I saw one or two articles. I think Portland Press-Herald may have briefly mentioned that he died there, so I was like, 
I had a similar issue when we were doing the Ken and Bunk N episode because there was um the poet got, that that famously supposedly yeah. died in there, but then as I was like reading through, I'm like, no, he died across the street and then was like brought back, or no, yeah. he started dying. It's yes. kind of unclear. He's like he either died across the street or he died there after the doctor's like, you're fucked. Go lie in bed and die. <laughs> it is. It is unclear. He is in, so he may not have died there, but he is interred in Narrow Cemetery, which is near the fort, and many believe he still haunts the grounds as his duty has not yet been fulfilled. Teehee. Amanda Curry also discussed in the mini-documentary Haunted Maine that there is a presence of a little girl in the fort named Elizabeth. I don't like that. (laughs) Who's looking for her mother. The other thing about that is I'm like, the soldiers, we're going to get to ghost rules, but soldiers, I can understand. I don't know why the fuck there's a little girl there. I have no fucking clue. I don't like it. I don't like ghost children because that's sad one. And then I think ghost children are more creepy than other kinds of ghosts. Uh, like The Shining, you got the two. Uh, the twins. The twins. That's fucking terrifying. Did you like, ever watch The Others? I didn't actually. So that so, was something I want to check out. Spoiler alert for, oh, I'm not telling you then. No, <laughs> never mind. No spoiler okay. alert. No spoiler it's actually, alert. It's actually a really good movie. Um, But, you know, yeah, kids in horror movies are fucking creepy, bruh. <laughs> <laughs> All these ghostly happenings have made Fort Knox a go-to place for paranormal fans. There are ghost tours. You can do overnight camping there. Hell yeah. There is a paranormal fair. There's a whole ass fair. There's When's the shit? Whole ass fair. Oh my god, we got it. Go. It did go. I think they did have one last year, so we'll have to look and see if it happens again this year. And then they also have a very strong relationship with local ghost hunters, two hundred seven paranormal. Who I are thought you were about to Bangor. say local ghosts. And I'm yeah, like, the local oh, man, ghosts really burying the lead here. <laughs> they have they have contracts with all these local ghosts. Yeah, they like, come and they uh, perform. Yeah, we got the tour starting at six thirty. So if you come in and give them a scare around seven twenty, that should be good enough. <laughs> <laughs> I really want to know that. That probably offers a great stipend in uh, what ectoplasm? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Haunts. What do ghosts live off of? Screams and fears, like monsters and Monster Inc. or something. <laughs> like I don't know. <laughs> And 207 Paranormal, they're the ones that um, do the ghost tours. And so all of the, everything that, all of the um, money that's made through that, through the tours and the overnight camping, that goes back to the Friends of Fort Knox and it's used to upkeep the fort. That's really nice. I like, mm -hmm. I like a well-intentioned organization like this because- I'm, I'm, I don't have the highest opinion sometimes of the people that kind of do this. And I get it that some people that are doing this believe in this, but there are other times where I really do question the moral intent of some of these characters. But it is I nice made to that see the pretty money go clear. back. Yeah. I made that a little clear in my first episode. Um, when we with... talked about American spiritualism, you brought that up quite a bit. And that was very much like showing a lot of charlatans charlatans that were in this space at the time yeah um, so, and i love yeah. like and 
yeah, there were always there's always been a lot of that in this thing. I, I mentioned it, like I said, in the first episode talking about Wood Island Lighthouse, where we have these ghost hunters coming in. And it's like there's very like there's a murder suicide took place on this right. island. You could be doing that, but instead they're like, oh no, there's a Native American who kidnapped these women and held them, and they're all buried here. And yeah, you gotta like very... bring up some unrelated or like unheard of thing to feel like you're adding something to it's, the conversation. It's, it's very weird. Yeah, <laughs> when you have that going on, when it could be like okay, what if, like, what if they provided information that people didn't know but was accurate? Absolutely, I'm on board. You know what I mean? So next, then my next thing is ghost rules. Ghost rules. I want to talk a little bit about ghost rules because like we, like I said, we have one person that's died in Fort Knox and then we have one person who has strong ties who di- who was dying in Fort Knox. So you could say, when does the spirit slip out of the body? Blah, 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 blah. What about all these other soldiers? So a lot of people believe it's because of specifically, I think it's the, Penob- the Penobscot expedition and the fact that 500 men died on the shores like near in this area. And they've Fair. just flocked here like it's a beacon I yeah guess. like uh interesting like maybe it is a recognizable landmark in the eyes of a soldier they would go to the fort or the garrison because it's like mm-hmm. this seems like a familiar space for me soldier ghost yeah this is where i go there were and especially since one of the other things, you know, we have Amanda Curry saying someone called attention to her. Some of the ghost hunters that have gone in have also picked up, you know, when they do the little uh, the thing that flips through the radio stations. Yeah. They've, you know, they've asked, like, what do you want us to do? And they've t- like ordered them to do things. Drop and give me 10. So it could <laughs> be maybe, <laughs> maybe it is it's recognizable and they are reporting for duty. That, hey, that might be it. I like God. Can you imagine fucking being like, I think we've mentioned this before where it's like, go to work after you die. Oh, God, that's so depressing. That's what you're going to do like, for your eternity. Just, there's a ghost out there just going back and just like stamping papers that they oh don't need to file anymore. Uh, it's just like, oh, this is just what I know. It's like, what a depressing life. I'm going <laughs> to be death. filing. I'm going to be filing criticism letters with the state of New York until the day I die. And then it, it continues. <laughs> Absolutely not. Oh, my God. That. They're never going to return your calls either at that rate. <laughs> You're fucked, buddy. <laughs> so my the one that I'm like what is this little girl uh yeah what especially is this since girl? i think i think i don't always trust little like when people say they see ch- ghosts of children because there's this idea that like it's you let your guard down and it's actually something that is something more malicious mm-hmm. so mm. if you're if you believe that then no absolutely not something is off i think there's been like (laughs) it doesn't belong here (laughs) i think there's been stories before maybe we've we've even talked about this where like 
or maybe there's a movies or something like that even that talk about like oh this ghost child but then it's actually like a demon that is showing off as a ghost child you know yeah i think that's also that's something that you see in um specifically in the sally house oh shit that's what i'm thinking yep. of. yeah you, you see it in in the sally house and then i think there's one other one but I feel like yeah. we're just promoting ghost files on this episode. <laughs> I'm totally not. And there are other people that have, you know, done research at the yeah. Sally house too. But that's just the one that I think of. But I, yeah, if it's a child, I'm, I'm out. I'm O-U-T out because I'm like. The state says I can't be within 500 feet of you. I'm <laughs> <out>. <laughs> and I mean, they didn't specify alive or dead. <laughs> oh, God. So most of it, like, I think that that makes sense to me. In the, I think it's crazy that it's considered to be the most haunted, but not somewhere else where there's actually been people, a lot of people who have died in the fort. I think that when you create a lot of hubbub around a place, people go and want to see something. Mm-hmm. And I think I think partially when you go with the anticipation of wanting to experience or see something, you hold on to any sensation or feeling and mark it as an experience. Mm-hmm. You know? So it's like who's to who's to say if like these people had genuine experiences? But I think that if you got a large amount of people there going saying they've experienced something. Then you end up having people that just say they do have an experience as well. Um, mm-hmm. It being the large, the most like haunted, you know, something it's like to- it's in the top 10. I don't know if 10. it is. I also don't know who gives out that distinction. Yeah. What kind of <laughs> like report card are we dealing with here? Are we doing by number of witness reports? Are we doing like that? Could be, yeah. Diff- you know what we need to do is create. Oh my fucking god, we could make a moderate amount of money with this. Uh, <laughs> we need to create some kind of evaluation metric that will look into hauntings and rank haunted locations on a tiered system. So we could like, this is a tier four haunting location, or yeah. this is statistically the most haunted place. I think that this is a great project for someone with more free time, which I don't know. Neither of I us have. I, I mean, I maybe I don't need to sleep for a few weeks. I don't know. Now, <laughs> I will say, I feel like just based on statistics alone, I feel like the Winchester house has to be high. Yeah, I feel like that's got to be thing. That's got to be it too. I mean, like, but that's also something where I feel like from what I've seen of like what they brought forward as far as hauntings, I, I wasn't yeah. really convinced, but like, I feel like people would just go there with the lore and that anticipation and want to experience something. Yeah. Yeah. The lore of that, that's the, th- that has like great lore. Oh yeah. It's great. Juicy lore. It's very juicy. And that's the story of Fort Knox. I loved it. Be like, um, I mean, did we had some good, testimonies in this mm-hmm. episode you know we had a couple people that were expressing like their own experiences um do did you have like a wide range of people to choose from as you're looking through for this or were like the same characters kind of popping in and out so amanda was on two of them and the, uh, two of the things i saw and then these two women were in the uh the most terrifying places in america the last two that i talked about right but there are books. There's like a lot 
of stuff that I obviously didn't get into. So there might be more testimony, but those are specifically the people that I found named at, at this time. I also didn't watch the episode of Destination Haunt. I couldn't find it because I was able to find most terrifying places in America on Tubi Mm -hmm. because a lot of those old um, travel channel shows just like kind of go to die in these free streaming platforms. (laughs) It's really sad. Yeah. I mean, like when content is and I think like a lot of cable at this point just goes straight straight to the streaming graveyard, you know? Uh, which is kind of sad because there's like once in a while, there's like sometimes a show that I'm like, oh, this is really cool. And this should have more episodes. But just because mm-hmm. of the fact that it went to cable first, it's just going to die. It's like it's not yeah. going to get that any recognition. So know. but one thing that was really interesting, too, is the mini documentary, The Haunted Main Ghosts of uh, Fort Knox Ghosts, was actually directed by an author that I really like. Mm. Um, I am a big fan of the main author, Tess Gerritsen. She has a book. Uh, I, I like she has a book called The Bone Garden, which I very much loved when I was in high school because it is about a medical student in like 1800s Boston who, in order to pay for medical school, is a grave digger. Wow. Because that is a thing that is accurate where like medical schools weren't able to get bodies and so illegal grave diggers would go dig up bodies and sell them to the medical schools damn dude what the hell and then there's some there's some murder stuff afoot but it's a great book um and i was very excited to see that she had some interaction with this so i that's part of the reason why i was like i'm watching this one too (laughs) damn because it had recognizable name yeah yeah that sounds right well b thank you so much for this and like as this is an old timey epi i figured that we should continue that theme of old timey epis and talk about our next mainism hey hey it's a mainism b for this mainism we're going to be taking it back to uh 1847 in a little town you might have heard of it called Rockport, Maine. Yes. Uh this is about the invention of the donut hole, which was invented by a captain Hanson Gregory. When he when Mr. Hanson was a young lad, a little sailor around the age of 15 years old, um he was used to eating like what was sort of the original kind of donut, which was just like, you know, just a doughy little cake thing. No hole. Sans hole. Mm-hmm. He was getting tired, though, because the dough, these little dough balls just weren't cooked well enough. So he decided to put a little hole in the middle of the dough so that it's an it has an easier time actually frying. So you could fry the whole thing better than just having like the center be all gooey and raw. So it was a little faster this created as we know the american donuts and this man (laughs) this man lived in maine uh let's see it says that he invented the donut in 1847 now this article says specifically that it was invented on june 22nd 1847 when this young lad you know went ahead and did this little uh this little thing 
That's Anna's birthday. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> well, she should be celebrating two things then. Uh, the inception I'm, of the donut hole and her birthday. I am only going to give her donuts on her birthday from now on. <laughs> that is so, the law. So Rockport, Maine was the birthplace of Mr. Ha- Captain Hanson Gregory. And uh, this plaque that you can see over in Rockport, Maine, was erected in 1947, so about a hundred years after the inception of the donut hole. Where is it? Is it just hanging out? I was just trying to figure out where exactly that might be located. You know what? Let's just oh, pop okay. open directions. Let's pop open Pokemon Go. It probably has it as a Pokestop. <laughs> it probably does. Drive south of town, 3.5 miles on US one. Veer right onto Old County Road. Drive one mile, turn right into the parking lot of the Nativity Lutheran Church, and you will see the small monument outside between the parking lot and church. Interesting location. This was erected by the town. Uh, but yeah, there you go. That's where you can go ahead and was find the, the church thing. there when they erected this. I have questions. I guess it was, you know, it's Lutherans. They were around for a while. Um fascinating and it was a this monument was set up in 1947 so i'm guessing that this church was probably around or maybe it was a it was the old town hall who knows and they really love donuts we're interesting location for this commemorative plaque but it is a commemoration nonetheless so chalk one for maine you know you you got your dunkin donuts out there trying to feel like lay claim to the donut title but it really all just came from a little sailor boy in Maine. Little sailor boy. So we got two two famous titans in Maine history. We got Joshua Chamberlain and Captain Hanson Gregory. Yeah, we've got we got them, <laughs> boys. We got them. <laughs> so I thought that that was kind of a funny little thing. Originally, I but... thought it was about the actual Munchkins, but it's about the man who physically decided to put a hole in a donut. donut. <laughs> I love that. Fascinating. Uh, well, oh my God. <laughs> I will say you that said... I, I looked this up as you were talking because I was like, I had something in mind, but then I was like, no, I want to find some old timey thing. Old timey. Yeah. It's so funny because you were talking about like frying up the bread. Allegra's dad actually used to like make us fried bread. Really? Oh, yeah. That's really so cool. he would. He like the dough would proof overnight and then he would just cut off like a big, not a slab, but kind of like a slab of it. And they'd be like pretty big, but it was, it's basically fried dough, but like yeah. at home in a pan. And it was so fucking delicious. <laughs> <laughs> That's just, so good. Cause I remember there was one snowy, snowy, snowy night where like we got, we got snowed in. Um, yeah. I actually think we got, so snowed in we were stuck there uh, because like our parents live on a farm on a dead end road and we were stuck there for like a week (laughs) (laughs) ran out of fried bread but like that's what we subsisted on (laughs) for a little while (laughs) because there was also like a huge tree down in the road so we yeah so that was the that was the big thing that was keeping you locked in (laughs) that what i think was that was spring break of Oh seven, I think. Spring break. Get (laughs) snowed in. (laughs) Happy spring break. (laughs) That's actually the first time that I watched Silence of the Lambs. Oh, sick. Which was a terrible idea. 
yeah like uh at that age i guess yeah yeah Yeah. get spooked (laughs) that's a good movie though classic classic it is a classic well, this was a good old time episode here on I hope this Horror. goes I hope this goes down as a classic. Like a classic. people will be people will be writing, you know, thesis papers in a thousand years about classic podcasts and they'll be highlighting this one as a major HGH influence. episode 71. <laughs> and then they'll still go, "Who? <laughs> Who? What? Who? <laughs> you know, HGH, they've they made a thousand episodes for a hundred people. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you so much to those hundred people for thank listening. You. If you stars. like us, you can always uh give us uh, 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 you can rate us or review us on Apple Podcasts. You can reach out to us at homegrownhorrorpod at gmail.com or on our Instagram at homegrownhorrorpod. Give us your questions. We, Give us your suggestions. We love hearing from y'all. Yeah, if you have ghost stories, I want to hear them. Yeah. Absol- like, hit me up. You got a good <laughs> enough one. We'll come to your fucking house and ruin your Abs- day. <laughs> <laughs> I'll come test your house for ghosts. Yep. this is my call to action i want your ghost house give me your ghost house (laughs) thank y'all for listening Bye. bye